Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is time for another edition of Sminty Fiction. Yeah. As always, do not panic. If this is not your thing, um, just something we're doing once a month or so, um, where we do a dramatic reading. Yes. I like to think it's a dramatic reading. Absolutely. <laughs> um, with the soundscaping of our amazing super producer, Christina, who deserves all its recognition and props because she makes these sound so good. She kills it. She, she really, really does. Way. Yes, in a good way. And this one has no real trigger warning, but it's a little sad, I guess. So if you're tender emotionally for whatever reason maybe not for you I think it will be fine I think it's kind of goofy honestly but you know and as always a disclaimer I wrote this for an idea me and my ex had where we were going to have five people to submit ideas for a music video of one song and play all of the film submissions at once simultaneously on different screens in the same room so you could like look at all the different screens playing and see all these different interpretations of this one song. We got the idea from a museum exhibit we really liked. So I wrote this. um, But yeah, it's not super refined or edited or anything. Also, a lot of these were written with the intent of being simple in mind. So it's like a single narrator, which is sad because I want Samantha to be more involved in these. I should give you the next one. It should be you. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. I would love it. I would love it. Speaking of different interpretations, that would be great. (laughs) I just do my own interpretation of it all. Yes, I would love it. I would love it. And yes, I did want to release this one as it comes out as Christmas Eve because we are in the midst of cuffing season, which is a term I originally learned from you, Samantha. I just had to teach someone else that yesterday. Yes, which it is essentially what, like dating time? Essentially, you want to be cuffed or snuggled up with someone because it is cold and it's the holidays. Uh, Right. Okay. Okay. And I did just, I also just learned about dating terms like situationships, which is, quote, a romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or established, and roaching, meaning someone is sleeping around with a lot of people while in a relationship. Well, roaching is new. Yeah. Well, I'm learning new terms all the time when it comes to the dating world. I actually want to I want to come back to that and do like a kind of terminology update about these things. What is sexist and what isn't? Yes. Yes, exactly. But that is for later. For now, please sit back, relax and enjoy this fiction called The Right to Be Forgotten. There once was a man named Will, and Will was in love. Her name was Hannah. Will and Hannah were perfect. They adored each other, the kind of love that is pure and fun and steady and unyielding and beautiful. The kind that makes people jealous. They took goofy pictures together and went on adventures and stayed in and knew each other, truly, heart and soul, complete. There was no will without Hannah. They got married in a blur of bright, bright happiness. He remembered thinking wildly it was impossible to feel this happy and that he was worthy of it. And they were going to live happily ever after. 
but they didn't. Then Hannah was gone and Will's world was shattered. All meaning was lost. Nothing made sense without Hannah. There was no point without Hannah. Tears, a bone-deep grief, and an unending well of physical aching loss, sitting aimlessly, staring, staring, staring at a picture of them together, so wonderfully willing to be silly around each other, so happy, so complete. It was night. He'd woken up suddenly, gasping, a hand over his racing heart, dreaming of Hannah, that he was screaming for her to come back, but she couldn't hear him. He blinked away the image, eyes adjusting to the dark. Nothing. Always nothing. He was alone. He sat up slowly, the familiar cocoon of grief encasing him. He got up, went to the fridge and poured himself a glass of water, gulping it down. A picture of the two of them, blissful, unknowing, smiled back at him. Then his skin started to prickle. Cold crept up his spine. Behind him, a woman sat up in the bed. A woman who had not been there, who could not be there. It was Hannah. She looked the same, but different. Hazy around the edges, soft focus. She watched him, solemn, still. She was wearing her favorite pajamas, bright suns and stars and moons that clashed with her serious expression. Will turned. He stared in her direction, set his glass down, slowly made his way over to her, sat on the bed next to her, hid his face in his hands, hid the tears streaming down his cheeks, tears that should be impossible with how much he'd cried in the past days, weeks, months. When he opened his eyes, the woman was gone. He laid down and pulled the covers around him and laid awake until the light turned purple and blue and the sun rose and he rose with it to face another meaningless day. The toaster dinged. Hannah was waiting in the kitchen, smiling. Will blinked once, twice, reached into the cabinet, retrieving a jar of peanut butter. He started slathering on his toast in a numb haze, autopilot, a zombie as he had been since he lost Hannah and a crater was left in his soul, festering. The jar knocked over. Will jumped at the sound, staring at the overturned jar warily. He reached to upright it. So did Hannah. Their hands almost touched. But Hannah pulled away at the last second. Will ignored her, tired of the fathomless grief she brought, unwilling and unable to face her. But he'd never been good at ignoring her. And she'd always been persistent. He was sitting in traffic, listening to a voicemail from his boss. Take your time. We understand, she says. Though Will knows they don't. He hangs up, numb again all the sound around him falling away in its shadow. Next to his ear, a woman laughed. <laughs> he jerked, whipping around, afraid of what he'd see and what he wouldn't. But there was no one. After a long moment, he brought his frantic breathing under control and turned back to the road, tense. No one was there, he told himself. He sat at his desk, 
feeling fake, incorporeal, as though he might fade from existence at any second. A coworker approached, her eyes shining with compassion that could not penetrate the sheath of sadness around him. How are you, she asked. He didn't respond and after a moment, she left. He turned back to his laptop, eyes burning, throat tight, so utterly dead inside and wondering if it might be better to be dead outside too. An image of Hannah pops up in his social media feed, smiling, happy. He snapped the lid of his laptop shut. He stands abruptly, his chair rolling away, loud in the quiet space. He left, his steps quick, imagining Hannah was right behind him, the weight of her gaze unbearable. He drives home, turning up the radio as loud as it will go, desperate to drown everything out, to drown her out. The song is so loud, he can barely hear his own voice as he joins in, belting out the lyrics, determined to feel something else, to think of anything else, or not think at all, to prove to himself that he could be happy. He glanced at the passenger side, and Hannah was there, shouting the words along with him. His heart stuttered to a stop, and he jerked the wheel, another driver honking at him. He swallowed, tamping back his panic, ramrod still, determined not to look back at the passenger seat, even though it took everything he had not to. When he got home, he shakily opened his laptop, navigating to the pictures folder. He began deleting them with self-destructive impulsivity, determined to erase her from his life. Hannah watched him from the door, her arms crossed. He refused to look at her. She pushed herself off the frame, slowly taking the seat next to him. He tensed, but did not turn. Tears burned in his eyes. Hannah's pixelated face stared back at him, her usual blinding smile almost obscured by the gray notification asking him if he was sure he wanted to permanently delete these items. He hovered the mouse over the image indecisively as Hannah watched. He closed out of the notification, breathing ragged. He called his best friend, overcome with desperation. He hesitated, heart racing before he said, I've been seeing her, Hannah. His friend was clearly taken aback. Where? He asked. Everywhere, Will whispered. In my apartment, my office, my car, my bed. Like a ghost or something? His friend asked. Will didn't respond. He couldn't. And the words hung dead between them. His friend said he was worried about him. That loss can mess with people. Asked if he was okay. He wasn't okay. Hannah was gone. Of course he wasn't okay. He was eating takeout, mindlessly watching something on TV, something he'd never seen before but didn't care about so as not to trigger any memories of Hannah. But she was there anyway. She was at his side, standing over him, shouting, muffled, distorted. He turned the volume up. The next morning, he woke out of a restless sleep to the sound of water running. The shower, he realized after a moment. Dread and anticipation gripped him, and as if in a dream, he stood and slowly made his way to the bathroom, heart drumming in his ears. As he got closer, he could hear a woman humming. He held his breath as he gently pushed the bathroom door open. Through the shower curtain, he saw the silhouette of a woman. 
He jerked away, leaning heavily against the sink, heart galloping, panting. He squeezed his eyes shut, took a slow breath, then another. The humming cut off abruptly, as did the sound of running water. Still, he kept his eyes shut for a long moment before he had the courage to open them. The woman was gone. She was gone. That should be a relief. Right? Then why did he feel such monumental loss? His whole body trembled as he turned back to the sink. His eyes landed on a glass with two toothbrushes in them. Suddenly, he picked one up and threw it away. Will softly drank his beer. It was night and he was cooking. Music played. The tears in his eyes made the light both too bright and too blurry. He saw her and smiled. She was laughing and joking and dancing like they used to. But she's not real, he told himself. She's not real. The song, soft at first, gets louder and louder. That night, he couldn't sleep. Hannah wasn't there. He unlocked his phone, the blue light garish in the dark. He was crying again, but he almost didn't notice. He shook when he opened the video he'd been avoiding ever since his life was torn asunder. The sight of her, shining, happy, laughing, twirling around in a wedding dress, brought a gas to his lips. Fairy lights illuminate her in the dark. Will sobbed at the soothing sounds of her life that were now like a knife, ripping him apart and exposing him. Her smile, her happiness, a condemnation. Another man stepped into frame, beaming at her, hugging her to him. Will's heart stuttered, dropped. They were in love. Hannah had moved on and found love with another man. People crowded them, laughing, smiling, the music soft and sweet. They looked at each other, the look in her eyes, the same look she used to fix on Will, as though she really saw him and saw the good in him, the value, and loved him, cared for him. And she had, but now she had moved on to another person and Will was alone with only the ghost of her, memories like a haunting keeping him from moving on. She'll fade, people told him, but Will didn't want her to fade. There was no Will without Hannah. He was a fragment without her. The ghost of her would haunt him forever. Anytime he laughed or cried or drank that beer that she loved or watched that movie that made her laugh or sat on their couch or did or felt anything because they did everything experienced everything together. But at least the ghost of her was better than not having her in his life at all. That brings us to the end of this fiction portion. I know you're probably mad. <laughs> I know you're probably mad at the ending. I like to call this one the reverse <laughs> sixth sense. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. The name comes from this legal push from a few years ago where a man was suing companies like Google for the, quote, right to be forgotten. 
And it's become somewhat of a term in regards to the internet and data collection and this whole idea of the right to be forgotten or to know what data is being collected and to have control over it. And again, I don't know why, but I really like applying these technical terms to human nature. Other titles were The Ghost of You in a Modern Day Fairy Tale. But this one has also been on my mind because I've been thinking about the power of breakup stories and how a breakup can really wreck you and your life. And I just, like, all those things where you see pieces of the other person everywhere, of the life you had everywhere, all the things and items and places that remind you of times you spent together. I don't know. It's just, it feels like a ghost to me. It feels like something hanging over, like it's always there, um, whether you want it to be or not. And I've also been thinking, because we were talking about, this year has been called the year of the breakup album with Taylor Swift and Adele dominating the charts. And you and I have talked before about, you know, ending up in someone else's song or... um, Yes. Yes, things like that. And I don't, it's strange to me that these exes I have in my life, where I'm so convinced it's a good thing we broke up, still have this, I don't know if it's power, but I still think, oh, I wonder what they would think if they knew I were talking about them. Or I wonder what they would think about my conversations now about how I think relationships should look or how sex should look, like all of these things. It just amazes me. It makes sense. If you spend so much time with someone, you make these memories with people. And perhaps the part of you thinks, you know, it's forever and then it's not. And But it is... I'll just catch myself thinking, why do I care what he thinks? <laughs> Still do. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I have, and it it cracks me up that I've had like the most stereotypical breakup story that you can imagine with the ice cream and the crying and the cookies and all of this stuff. And I never would have thought it would have been like that and that it would have lasted as long as it did because it, yeah. it did. Yeah, so... Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Get yourself a box of cookies and cry. Yes, yes. Do whatever, you know, makes you happy, is healthy for you, self-care-wise. We are so thrilled to have you as a listener, all of you. So thank you, as always. If you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I've Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Making it all happen. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 